Hey listeners, it's Nick from Kevlar Joe's Coffee Company. I want to invite you to try something new. Here at Kevlar Joe's Coffee Company, we have a bold and slow roasted coffee that is 100% organic and ethically sourced. There are no pesticides or fungicides from the plantations we import our coffee from, and it's all single source too. We have light, medium, and dark roast. Even decaf coffee as well to satisfy whatever kind of coffee you drink. We also have a variety of flavored coffees for you to try, including our hazelnut and apple pie flavored coffees, which are both big sellers. You can order our coffee at www.kevlarjoes.com. You can also follow us at Facebook, Instagram, or X for Kevlar Joe news, deals, and your daily dose of coffee-related memes. So make sure to like and follow our pages. And I'll leave you with this, listener. The world isn't a safe place right now, and it seems like it's always teetering on the edge. But don't forget, like it says in Matthew 5.14, you are the light of the world, a city that is set on a hill and cannot be hid. Let your light shine before all men, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. So be bold, be humble, and be Kevlar. Now, let me tell you a little story about a guy named John Frederick Elvestus. On December the 27th, 1666, a stranger came to his house in the Hague. The man introduced himself as a brass founder named Elias. The stranger produced three small yellow stones from an ivory box. He told Elvestus, these were philosopher's stones. Hilvestus asked if he could do a transmutation, which this means, you know, the process of turning lead into gold. Elias declined, saying that the time was not right. Three weeks later, he returned and gave him one of the small stones. But before he did, he cut it in half and threw the other into the fire. Helvestus commented on the small size, but was told that half the size of a walnut was more than enough to do the job. He heated the lead and added a piece of the stone. The lead became gold. He took it to a goldsmith, who said it was the finest gold he had ever tested. He never saw the stranger again again. All things continually lead back to serpents, dragons, fairies, Nephilim, and fallen angels. In the distance looms a mystical mountain. As Mike Heiser used to say, if it's in the Bible and it's weird, it's probably important. At its peak, a great fire burns, concealing the Prometheus lens. This development of this knowledge that's being talked about within the mystery schools. An ancient artifact said to reveal the hidden truth within a deliberately darkened world. There is a hidden history that's been deliberately obfuscated from the peoples of the world. Join us as we travel and explore the vast unknown. It's a hero's journey with dragons to slay, damsels to save, and innumerable treasures to hoard. Torches high. The Smithsonian, they'd call wind of a giant skeleton. It would send their agents out to get it. But it takes courage to move forward, to move out of the 
shadows out of the uh, unreality that we think of as reality. We are all on the hero's journey. Mankind has been in contact with and influenced by extraterrestrials. Leave the Sitchin mound of bull feathers out of it. You know, look at it from a different perspective. A different perspective. Different perspective. Different perspective. What's happening? What's up? Hold out your glass, because we're about to fill it up. Welcome to the Prometheus Lens Podcast, the place where the conversations are always enlightening. I'm your host, Justin, and as always, we use the allegory of the Prometheus Lens to take a second look at everything. And guys, sorry about our voice. I know it's a little probably more raspy <laughs> and deeper than normal. I'm fighting a, a bug right now. Woke up uh, body aches and constant headache and cold sweats. So I'm toughing it through for you guys. I love you guys. But if you're within the sound of my voice, this means you are an all-access pass holder. So here is a, another perk for you guys. We've been taking a deep dive through, you know, what is Freemasonry. And I'm prepping you guys because I got a really great interview with a third-degree Mason coming up. So the all-access pass holders have gotten a behind-the-scenes and deep dive in uh, Masonry 101, where I break down what Freemasonry is, the symbolism, the rituals, the hidden meanings, and the phrases. I mean, this was a super deep dive. I hope you guys enjoyed that. We also talked about the Founding Fathers. Were they Christians? They were, in fact, you know, Freemasons and what they believed. So... I also have a uh, a testimony from Tracy Tennant and how she escaped Mormonism. And we talk about the Freemasonic connections with Mormonism as well. We took like a little two-week break there. We had our third and final edition of the Anuma Elish with Dr. Judd Burton. And then I gave you guys the uh, two most recent drops we had was uh, Brian Gadawa and his book, Cruel Logic, and how it's so important for, for you to be able to defend your faith. And then we also had Nick, who gave us his account of him seeing the Baphomet. So, this week, giving you guys this, because we are going to start back on our deep dive on Freemasonry. So, without further ado, let's jump on in. As always, thanks. If you've not hit the uh, the like, the subscribe, or, or shared an episode, please, I encourage you to do that. Help grow the show, guys. But without further ado, let's get into this thing. So this week, we're going to take a deep dive into alchemy. What is alchemy? And why is this relevant to Freemasonry? Because Freemasons were known alchemists. Now, growing up, I'd heard this phrase, but I'd never really took a deep dive into it and seen what it was. I always just thought of, you know, like rumble steel skin, spinning the straw into to gold and these crazy kooks from medieval times thinking they could turn metal into gold. So when I actually took this deep dive about a year ago, I was really surprised on how deep this rabbit hole was. And it's not just physical, it's spiritual. So... If we look into this, we see that uh, many Masons were into alchemy. 
This was a practice of turning lead into gold. But this was also a spiritual thing. The process was referred to as the great work. And as you guys remember from past episodes, you, you hear that phrase a lot in Freemasonry, the work, the great work, you know, do the work. This is what this is referring to. The practitioner was refining and changing himself also. They didn't need baptism or God. They were their own gods. You remember uh, it was Thomas Paine and uh, Jefferson that said their mind was their church. Sir Isaac Newton practiced alchemy. Arab alchemist Alhazen invented the camera obscura, alcoholic distillation, phosphorus, porcelain, sodium nitrate, and gunpowder were all products of alchemists' labs. Newton spoke of the art as concealing secrets that would be dangerous if the wrong hands got a hold of them. Some believe that it held secrets to nuclear power. The goal was to produce something they called the Philosopher's Stone. And this thing had magical properties. Hope we're getting you ready for the uh, upcoming interview with our third degree Freemason Brady. And I hope to see you guys on February the 24th at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for the Dr. Judd Q&A. So excited for this. I want all of you guys to be there. I want this to be a, a banging good time. Until next time, torches high. Hey guys, if you enjoyed that episode, I encourage you to head on over to PrometheusLensPodcast.com and sign up for our all-access pass and get access to not only this episode that you just saw, but many, many other great exclusive content.